0: This is Nest, produced in association with Foul Writing. The 14th letter in this series is written and read by Dan Hunt.
1: Dear Santa Claus, I am writing to you because I wanted to say thank you. This year I was going to ask you to return my very Paulian mummy and daddy for Christmas because their skin had gone grey and cold. It made me very sad because we could not go to the park and I could not have warm hugs. Yesterday, I woke up and Grandma was screaming and shouting in the kitchen, saying, get out, get out. But when I went downstairs, it was just Mummy and Daddy standing there in the kitchen. They were still grey and cold and they were breathing all wheezy. They knew exactly where to go. When I walked in, I ran up and I hugged them both and it felt like Christmas already. It made me very happy. You did bring them here, didn't you? Since they got here, they've started to walk about the house really slowly. It's like they're human turtles that make sounds like gravel when they move. At least they are moving now, but I do not think they could chase me around the park yet. I will let them get better before trying again. My mummy used to like to talk lots and, and sing when she baked, but now she's quiet. She looks sad, but her face doesn't move. Could you get her voice back, please? This morning I woke up and both my mummy and daddy were standing in my room, watching over me and staring at me. It was really nice, like we were a normal family again. They even had their arms out to hug me. Sadly, I could not find grandma this morning. Maybe she's gone to the shops or to see Uncle Peter again. Maybe she's gone to see the other grey people, because I can see them through the window now. They're walking through the street again. I think it's because they don't like the church garden anymore. Now that the man from next door is back, I think he should say sorry to my mummy for being very mean and shouting at her weeks and weeks ago. Right now, I'm in the living room watching telly, and I can hear mummy and daddy coming down the stairs. Thank you again. I must have been a really good boy this year to get such a big present so so early in the year before Christmas. Love from George, age eight, birth Allen Lane in Saint Ives. P.S. Please remember to put Mummy and Daddy back on the naughty and nice list.
0: Thank you, Dan, for reading that.
1: No, th- thank you.
0: Um, I g- another very different voice. Yeah. Compared to any of the other letters.
1: Yeah, I wasn't sure at first, but I I quite enjoyed writing Little George.
0: Yeah, you enjoyed writing as a, as a child, as a terrifying, creepy child. I mean... <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, fair enough. So, uh, the letter is to Santa.
1: Yeah. Um, I couldn't think of uh, what to go for. I had... Because we're so near to the end of the series, mm-hmm. I honestly there's so much that's happened in the nest series that i just didn't know what to do and i thought a child writing to santa claus because i was trying to think of someone who uh, a child would think that's comfortable to talk about certain things mm-hmm. um because i guess they at a certain age they wouldn't open up about certain things and if their mummy and daddy's gone then i guess santa claus popped into my mind
0: <laughs> that's I, I like that it's almost like a child like confusing of santa and god <laughs> it's, like, it's like this kid really wanted to talk to god but was like ah santa will do he's not got time <laughs> santa brings me stuff as well just like god does
1: <laughs> same thing really yeah i
0: mean i i feel like there is actually a confusion sometimes with children But they think that like santa is this omniscient because we say that he's always watching and he knows yeah. everything about you it's like well santa's just god then isn't he
1: yeah and they also they spend like half the year kind of being like oh definitely parents are kind of like "Oh, well santa will remember that it's January, mate. It's just, <laughs> he just came. He's so hungover. <laughs> well, the
0: brandy he's been drinking. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I wanted to talk about... Well, let's first talk about why you decided to write as as George and sort of the context that your letter is within the series.
1: Um, so we'd already had uh, the daughter of Flynn and Ollia, mm-hmm. and I kind of thought that she's had her voice and seeing the adult's world from kind of a a, a lower down point of view is is a bit different especially from a teenager is going to be different from an adult and child is going to be different to that because we'd had sarah's and uh her girlfriend slash friends letter as well i kind of thought well let's go a bit younger than that and see how someone from the outside sees this whole position mm-hmm. um and I think the reason why I went for George is because I didn't want to invent a new family or something like that. Right. Florence was there. Um, and it was also mentioned that Florence and her husband, it wasn't explicitly said that um, they had kids. My only worry with that, though, was that um, I think it was in Lucy's letter and she called her an old bag or something like that. Mm. And I just thought, hmm, how old are these parents? But then again, what would a teenager call an old man right
0: yeah that's true she could be like 45 but yeah. to a teenager that's ancient um, go
1: home old man <laughs> yeah
0: yeah <laughs> um so you kind of you you don't explicitly say that this is Florence's kid no um but your your only really allusion to it is the the man next door who yeah. was really mean yeah so that is obviously flynn yeah Okay. Yeah. Cool. I I thought that was right. I just... No. Yeah.
1: the the whole The whole idea of it was that I wanted it to be. Uh, it, it's obviously it's not explicitly said, but it's it's uh, Flore- Florence's um, son. Obviously, because Flynn came around next door, he passed it on to her. Everyone turns stone, um, and for some reason, the child didn't get it, which is really lucky. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: well, uh, the the letter before yours, letter thirteen, also kind of talks about people not getting the disease. Yeah. Um, because we had a. Uh, the guy who who who's unfortunate uh sexual partners we're all contracting the disease and he doesn't appear to be and and there have been other cases during the series where it's been like someone's been maybe a carrier but not getting the disease which which is in keeping with
1: yeah i mean kind of, definitely i mean if going back to your and luke's letters if we're going for uh biological warfare type fight it is then yeah certain like with anything certain blood types and stuff like that there's yeah. going to be carriers and whatnot and uh yeah i think it works quite well in the if we're calling it the nest world or nest universe you kind of
0: the ncu <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: um but yeah i like that it works in the ncu that um that, that they, you have there is a logic behind it it seems chaotic but there is a logic yeah. to what's going on
0: yeah so um obviously this is the penultimate letter um so how how stressful was that (laughs) yes is because i i definitely didn't want to be writing anywhere near the end and you've been roped in to do the penultimate one
1: yeah well i i in all honesty i hadn't really listened to the series i i knew it was there and i knew Mm -hmm. it was happening and i'd heard bits about it and then someone uh it was amy who came to me and said Oh, do you want to um do you want to do a letter for Nest? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Oh, well, it's the second to last one. Ah. <laughs> okay. Um which was a, definitely a task in itself, but it meant that when I wrote this, I think I had a really good experience of Nest because it, instead of week by week, I pretty much almost like Netflix binged it. I oh, yeah, sure. I sat and it was all condensely done. It was all in my head, and I think uh, I was quite lucky because of that. It meant that I had all the ideas fresh in my head because I just read everything and like yeah mm. I, I had all the characters and i think that's why i went for florence's kid because f- i florence was hardly a, a prominent character i don't yeah. think she got her own letter or anything no. like that um so yeah the, and i also was asked to because it's second last it was a kind of how much rounding off do i need to do and it also needs to be kind of open and
0: yeah yeah so how, how much thought did you put into that actually when it came to maybe looking back and then i always sort say in previous letters i've said looking forward to the future letters but you really just got the one so how much thought did you put into kind of closing off some of the the open doors that we've left and how much i guess pressure were you putting on sherry to to completely finish it next time
1: well i didn't i didn't want to open any more boxes you sure um and i thought by i wanted a new character i didn't want to um I I I didn't want to return some. I mean, the one that I did want to return to was Flynn, because I mm-hmm. I know that uh, speaking to some people, they're not his his biggest fan. No. But I kind of I, I every time I read him and stuff like that, I was like, right, I'm kind of rooting for this guy, and I almost wanted, I almost wanted the the final letter to be a full circle back to Olia or 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 uh, Flynn or something like that. Um. So if I was ending the series, that's how I would have done it. So when with that in mind. Um, I wanted it to... Uh, I didn't feel like there was any questions that need answering mm-hmm. uh, or at least weren't for me to answer in this letter so it was kind of a bit like the um, the previous letter to this um, with the vicar and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It uh, it expanded but it didn't raise too many questions.
0: Yeah, so you, you definitely develop the narrative uh, the sort of... If we were to say that the Flynn-Ollier narrative was the primary narrative because it's where we started right mm. this sort of stone saga is the kind of undercurrent you've kind of expanded on that without necessarily closing it off mm. but you've definitely made an interesting development that is furthering my theory that the the world is going to end in letter 15
1: yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean that's definitely the vibe that I got I mean when people were turning stone and I think my favourite letter in all the series was Honey's, because I I loved the whole because uh, I think she was the, the one who introduced the turning to stone thing, um, or I can't remember because but she wasn't that far in. I I loved Honey's, um, because there was just such an air of mystery about the about stone and uh, she made a reference to to gargoyles and mm-hmm. how the doctor that was first in uh, patient zero the first doctor um he was kind of quite animalistic and standoffish kind of thing yeah. and i like the thought that a progression of that if we are further on from the original disease yeah. then a progression of that is that they kind of they get stone before they turn into that kind of stage
0: yeah. and they can move around
1: yeah, I mean, I don't, when I wrote this, I was definitely thinking, hmm, end of the world vibes, see why Sherry goes with this. Yeah,
0: I, I definitely think zombie apocalypse kind of thing, stone zombies. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, so obviously these statues moving around mm. makes me think of Weeping Angels from Doctor Who. Yes. <laughs> Is that where you kind of got the idea or was it just like, you were like, oh, there's statues, I want them to move and they were like, "Ah." Oh, this is Doctor Who. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I think it was definitely the latter because, um, yeah, I, I think as I wrote this, I really wanted to go with gargoyles, and the more you think about gargoyles, there is obviously the weeping angels, weeping angels from Doctor Who, and thought that's a definite vibe. But I didn't want them to be uh, silent movers. I think that because in in my letter there is the reference to they uh the boy wakes up and they're in the kitchen so there is definitely a weeping angels vibe there where nobody's mm. looking and they move but it's the fact that the child notices um which i guess is useful because not anyone else would notice but the child notices that um they do move very slowly and the fact that he uh it's quite innocent to him he thinks mommy and daddy wants to hug him yeah there's a there's a dark undertone to that grandma's gone missing um so, yeah, and, and, and also the, the moving around very very slowly um, and I think I even creep myself out with the end of the letter with kind of, I'm just sat in my own little bubble, writing a letter to Santa, watching telly. Oh, and mummy and daddy are coming down the stairs
0: (laughs) yeah that was the one that got me was it it, because you start really tender being like oh thank you so much for returning my parents to me and then i'm like something's off (laughs) you can i can smell it a mile off and and it gets creepier and creepier until it's like oh i can hear them coming down the stairs and my mind just (laughs) sitting in the booth going statues can't come downstairs <laughs> it's like when the daleks first realized how that they, they, they yes. could fly i was like oh no <laughs>
1: people run up the stairs and they go oh no they can fly and so, yeah. no it's definitely that i also liked the thought of um the reason why i put the the wheezy and the kind of the graveliness when they moved mm. is that it's like it's ever so slightly but that's kind of like um the equivalent of your J- jaws th- soundtrack there is like right. there is a signpost of you hear gravel Oh, they
0: That's horrifying. Now I want a spin-off series of just like a, a lone warrior battling against the stone army, oh, like a
1: terracotta uh, army type situation. Yeah, but they're
0: just moving very, very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I've maybe I've misjudged how tense this would be. <laughs> ah, it's fine. <funny. laughs> um, okay, so we've basically just got Sherry's letter left. Mm-hmm. Um, were you obviously you you've kind of left the deliberately left the Flynn. Olia story um but were there any other things that you wanted to kind of maybe nudge Sherry towards to include
1: um i
0: think the the one thing that i left for Sherry
1: or and wanted to leave for Sherry was that it was it was her brain child it was her series so i really wanted it to be open enough that she could uh end it in any way possible she wanted because mm. she's so, she's currently at a standpoint where she could she could go back and cure it all now she could have some letter where oh it's all fixed now but i don't think that's how she'll do it and i'm kind of hoping that she doesn't
0: yeah i i would be surprised i just think it's got so big now um and and we know that it's gone further north and we know that it's kind of escaping cornwall and it didn't originate in cornwall and you know we've got uh olia and sarah in europe somewhere um it's. I think it's too big to just be like, oh, and it's all fixed. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I think, I, I, I both. It's such a, a a love hate kind of nest has been so crazy. It, as in because mm. we started with some eggs that smelt a bit funny in a trough someone bought on eBay. Yeah, and they were, and it was like, oh, okay. And then we we've escalated and escalated and escalated, and I think that's that's so cool. I mean, it is. Don't get me wrong. It is so bizarre because I remember trying to explain to someone that. Oh, I'm writing this thing for, for Nest. Oh, what's Nest? And, and explaining to them the story so far. How did you get there? I don't know. It's so bizarre, but I kind of love it. It's uh, yeah.
0: nuts. It's been crazy watching it develop from the other side of the mic, being like, what? Huh? what? <laughs> Just every week coming in. And I think every week I've said like, well, that was a different voice or that was a different tone or, or theme. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the beauty of this collaborative writing style
1: yeah definitely i think i think my first uh worry when i when i heard of the project was that um repeating voices and if you repeat a voice and if you get that tone right but people Mm. have people have managed it and it's it's really tonally nice um i think also different people writing the same person shows the different sides of a person's personality because people are going to feel different on a different day they Mm. might write a bit differently but there is a there is still a kind of cohesiveness through the series which is amongst it all there is a
0: cohesiveness Mm. which considering it's been going for what like six months now yes crazy
1: yeah and i really hope that there is a continuation maybe not of nest because they they wanted an end Mm. but i wanted a continuation of of, of something if they did another one of these series i'd be interested where they went with that
0: yeah i would love to to hear someone take on the mantle of kind of this ongoing writing project yeah it's really interesting
1: yeah It was good content. Yeah.
0: Cool. Thank you very much. Cool. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Join us again in a couple of weeks for the final episode of Nest. In the meantime, check out everything else we do at foulwriting.com.